Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Karf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are, their most devastating failures, and the most uplifting successes. I hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby, because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature. Hello, friends. I'm back for another episode of my Miniature Obsession podcast. I hope that you are well. Me, I am doing great. Um, First, I found out today that my laser cutter, which was supposed to arrive the second week of December, is coming tomorrow. I was like, on the phone when they had called and said they wanted to actually bring it today, but we aren't ready for it at all. I mean, the room isn't cleaned out. The vent isn't cut for outside, so I'm like, can we push it off till tomorrow? So it will be here. I'm still not ready, so I don't know why they just didn't deliver it today, but a laser can't freeze, so luckily it's not too cold here yet in Wisconsin, but somehow, and I'm gone this weekend, but somehow we got to get that 400 pounds of machine down a flight of steps into our basement. So it'll be a challenge, but I'm so excited. My mind is racing with all the things that I want to cut first. And I hate to tell my family, but they think they don't see me now. I have a feeling that they might see me even less. (laughs) But if you have any ideas on what you think I should make first, shoot me an email or reach out on social media. I'd love to know what you would cut first on your laser. I'm so excited. So another reason why I'm on cloud nine this week is I get to go tomorrow. I'm leaving for the fall miniature showcase in Chicago. I'm so excited. This was like so last minute. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet the show's coordinator over a phone call. Um, Her name is Teresa. And I just really loved our conversation. And I was engaging with her and how she runs a show all by herself. She actually, I think... Don't quote me on this, but I think she runs like six or seven, maybe even more, all by herself. And so um, I'm going to go there and shadow her and just see what all goes into running a miniature show. And who am I kidding? I'm probably going to go there and shop. And I hope to meet up with some mini friends. So if you are going, I know this is really last minute. If you are going, though, please reach out and let me know because I'd love to meet up with you. Another reason why I'm going to the show is I'm going there to promote the mini districts a little and all that we have to offer. So a few things going on in the mini district. The deadline is fast approaching for the holiday marketplace. If you haven't heard, the marketplace is a place for vendors to get shout outs and to get noticed. So it's a very detailed directory. So say if you're shopping for a miniature, very specific, you would go to our marketplace and type it in and then all the vendors that sell that specific item would show up with a link that goes to their website or to their Etsy store. So for only $5, it's great exposure if you are looking to sell your creations this season. Two more exciting things I want to show um, 
share with you that are happening in the district. One is a event that I'm coordinating. It's a miniature holiday swap. So really, it's just a fancy word for a gift exchange. So if you want to meet a miniaturist from, you know, I'm going to try to do within your area, but sometimes that's impossible. So I'm going to try to get as close as I can to you and just meet another fellow miniaturist and you guys can swap some a gift, a miniature gift. Who doesn't want miniatures showing up in their mailbox? We asked the rules are $20 or less. This could be used, new, um, or, you know, purchased or handmade. Just good quality miniature. And the last thing in the happening in the district is the holiday photo contest. So this is where you can win fun prizes. It's really simple. All you got to do is snap a picture of your holiday creation or your holiday scene, post it to our cafe, which is our forum inside the mini district. And then voting starts November 29th by the members of the district. So you can come out and vote on the 29th. And then the person who gets the most votes wins some pretty cool gifts. And you can see those on our social media if you'd like. So all this information can be found at theminidistrict.com. And if you have any questions, please reach out. I'm happy to assist. If you're on Instagram, you can follow us and keep up to date on all this stuff. Our handle is the mini district. And while you're on Instagram, maybe you could also follow me. My handle is Mike Drop Miniatures. Okay, so let's chat a little bit about today's episode. So I chatted with Kim. I fell in love with Kim's story about her second dollhouse creation, which is her grandparents' house. It's probably because it reminded me so much of my grandparents' kitchen that I created. And I would love to have a whole house. I just have the kitchen. So I was a little jealous that Kim has the whole house. And she also shares some amazing tips on this episode. So you want to take a listen. And it just amazes me that she's only been a miniaturist for about a year. And she's accomplished so much and she just knows so much for those for that short period of time that she's been creating. So I hope that you enjoy our conversation and please follow Kim on Instagram. Her handle is Main Miniaturist and I will have all these in the show notes if you need to. If you don't have a pen and paper and you definitely won't remember that like I wouldn't, it'll be in the show notes so you can grab it there. And also, while you're on Instagram, make sure to follow me. My handle is at Mike Drop Miniatures. So if Instagram isn't your thing, I can always be reached by email, rachel at micdropminiatures.com. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope to hear from you soon. Hey, Rachel. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's the best time of the year here in Wisconsin is fall time, so I'm I'm loving it. <laughs> it's been pretty wet all summer here, so yeah, Maine. The cooler temperatures. Um, you live in Maine, and that's always one place that I will will still visit, but it's been on my bucket list for a long time. It seems it just I don't know something about that place. It seems so beautiful, probably especially in fall. Is that when you think you would recommend someone going to visiting? We have. We have great things to do all year long. So any time of the year, um, okay. you know, there's lots of skiing and snow in the winter and 
um, beaches, tons of beaches in the summertime. And so we have stuff all year long. I guess here in Wisconsin, I get a beautiful fall. So maybe, I don't know. I, I guess it would be interesting to see if your falls are like ours or, you know, different or. So they yeah, totally so, are. We have a lot of leaf peepers come up this time of year. We're more of a tourist state than anything else. So. so as we're recording this, it's like, what is it? I don't even know the date. September 20th. How are the colors right now? Uh, we don't have much color here yet. Interesting. So, um, it's been a warm fall though. So, um, this morning was the first cool morning. It was down to about 50 degrees. So I'm sure the colors will be coming. Oh, wow. We're actually cooler than you are. So interesting. Well, let's get to where we, um, came here for today's miniatures. I have so many questions. Um, first, let's just talk about how a little bit, how you got started. So you said the spring of 2020, and I was trying to think back. I'm like, when did COVID even start? I feel like that was it. <laughs> okay. It was a COVID project then? It was. I was looking for something to do, and, and um, I started watching YouTube videos, and I found a couple people who were making things from cardboard and stuff that they had around, and I just started playing with the stuff that I had at home, and that's how it all started. <laughs> And were those people making like one full scale, like one twelve scale, or were they making, usually that's like more of a play? They play were. Style. So one of them was Ara Bentley from Bentley House Minis, oh, yes. and she was doing the cardboard cottage, and I thought I got lots of cardboard here, and I could follow along, and it was pretty much a one twelve scale, and then I just started adding stuff, and adding more stuff and then I decided I needed another house so it it grew from there what's the trickiest thing working with cardboard is there sometimes I feel like it'd be hard to cut it's it's not hard it's it's hard to you have to know what because it gets soggy mm -hmm. if you put too much um stuff on it so I was using sheetrock paste we had we had redone some rooms in the house and I had some sheetrock um mudding left over and if you you know leave it on too long or it gets too thick then it gets the cardboard gets kind of soggy so you have to know where your boundaries are with that okay so it's kind of it's a little trickier so why don't you tell everyone what happened to that first house like when you were telling me i feel like it sounded devastating because you put probably a lot of work into it it took it took a long time. It took months and I was really happy with it. And I put it in a uh, fairy house tour last fall and they, I knew it was going to be outside. It was my own fault, but I, I, I believed it was going to be protected from the elements. And we had a nor'easter come through and a tree limb fell down and uh, they hadn't covered it like I thought they were going to. So it got, it came back in a, in a crunched, soggy mess, but that just spurred me on to do the next project. So, so this was like a expo or a show that was kept outside for long periods of time. Yeah. One of the local farms decided that they were going to, because they didn't have all the stuff, the hay rides and the pumpkin patch that they usually did last year, they did a walking tour through their fields and it was, every field was a different uh, setup. So one was fairy gardens, one was, um, there were tons of lights and you could walk through socially distanced and, and just see 
you know, look out through the fields and the woods and see what, what, what was there. And it was really, it was a great idea for them. And, and it did, you know, get them a lot of attention, which was great because, you know, there were so many places struggling last year. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, it was, and, and I was thinking, where am I going to put this in my house? Because it's kind of good size. And so at the time I was like, well, you know, that's just a learning curve and we'll move on to the next one. I don't even know, like, what would you, to put out there to be weatherproofed, even like a dollhouse? I don't even know. I'd have to really research how to do that too. Some of the other people that had entered there had made them um, more like out of organic materials. So they used bark and covered, you know, they probably covered like some of them looked like a, a typical birdhouse. They covered it with moss and bark and, and then built stairways down and stuff like that. So I, you know, I just had no idea. So live and learn. One of my projects still to do, I think it was one of my very first podcasts. One of my guests was talking about a fairy garden. Well, like a fairy thing throughout the whole town where people, it was kind of like a scavenger hunt and people could add to it, things like that. And I just thought that was so cool to bring that to my own community. And yeah. it's still something that I really, really want to try. So. Sounds like a lot of fun. See, now you brought this up and now it gets my my creative gears going. And I, yeah, someday I still think I want to try that. So fun. So that was your first project. Now you are on to your second project. And I have to say, you you called yourself the one project girl. I love that. I don't know too many creative people that could say that they are only do one project at a time. So kudos to you. I have been in the crafting industry for a long time and I've learned, you know, I, I knit, I crochet. If I don't finish something before I start another project, it never gets finished. You're so good. So... <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> you are. That was one of my questions. We can dive into that is it looks like looking at your photos on Instagram. I mean, you're, you're, you can do anything. You, you're good at clay. You're good at woodworking. Um, is this like, do you, are you a creative person for like your job? I've been, I've been crafting since I was small. I, I okay. think the first, the the thing that kind of brought back, everybody has childhood memories of what they, you know, their dollhouses or, you know, and mine was, I didn't so much have a dollhouse as I had a little family of dolls. It was called the Sunshine Family back in the 70s. And it came with a little booklet that you could make things for the family. So it, it gave you craft projects and, you know, their, their little house that I had was full of stuff. And it just, I mean, I've always been you know, doing stuff with my hands. So, and I've worked at local craft stores and I worked at a independent scrapbook store. And so it's, it's, you know, this is kind of a continuation of all of that mixed together. Yeah. I was just going to say, that's what, one of the things I love about dollhouse miniatures is you can bring a whole bunch of different crafts, you know, and do it with your dollhouses. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I love trying to take a picture of something out of a magazine or online and, and recreate that. And, um, you know, with, with what I have or, or, you know, limited supplies. So do you, have you tried, um, um, knitting or crocheting? Yes, I do both. I've been doing those 
since I was nine. So I meant like mini. Oh yeah, I have. Um, I haven't got to the uh, scale that I want yet, but I'm working my way down. I can't even, I don't know. That just blows my mind how you could get so small with knitting. Probably because I can't knit. I tried once. It was horrible. Oh, that. It's that's just, beautiful. it's, it's a little, they're, they're large for the scale. So I've ordered new um, hooks and I'm hoping I'll be able to see those. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see, and I will share your Instagram handle so everyone can follow you and make sure that they, they can see those also. Yeah, maybe it's just because, like I said, I suck at knitting or crocheting, but it blows my mind every time someone can crochet that small, for sure. It takes it takes practice. I've been doing it a long time, so. So what do you think is the hardest thing about miniatures? I think getting the scale right, I think, is, is what I um, try hardest to do is, um, you know, if it doesn't, it's, I found out that miniature is more of an illusion mm -hmm. to make it look like it should than actually what it should in, in my definition of mm -hmm. uh, miniatures. So, um, you know, I like to have working drawers and stuff like that. And I sometimes it takes me two tries to get it down to the size that it looks appropriate. So I do agree. It is illusion. I just had that come up. I was making a fireplace. And even though I scale the bricks out, the back bricks, when I, I always like to take a photograph of my creations into it makes, I don't know, I feel like I can really pinpoint where, where something's out of scale, but like the ones, the bricks way in the back, like inside the fireplace, they just looked wrong. So when I took them and I just made them a little smaller, so it's kind of like a depth thing that I think. Yeah, perspective is really hard because again, you're working on a small scale, so that was, you know, that was a good way to do it was to make the stuff in the back smaller. So it looks different. So, and you only work in the 112 scale. Yes. Well, I mean, some of my stuff comes out, you know, bigger, but I strive for 112. That's what my, that's what my house is that I'm working on now. So that's what I try to make everything. And again, it's perspective. So you have a, you know, you have a big comfy overstuffed chair in your house it doesn't look like it's you know it's bigger it look it looks bigger than it should so sometimes you can fudge that stuff in in miniatures and if you have a chair that looks a little large it, it might work great in a certain scene or you know in a certain room I totally agree so what are you working on now for your second project uh that's the that's the house so um this is a model of my grandmother's house and it was a kit home from Montgomery Wards. And we lived, uh, we bought the house uh, 10 years ago and we, we stayed there for eight years and then sold it. But um, I decided that I had to make a reproduction of it. That's where I spent my whole childhood. That's the house that I knew from the time I was little until five years ago, it was in the, our family. So um, I came with a catalog when you bought the kit in real size and I scaled it down and my husband helped me cut out the plywood so we built it from scratch and the floor plan is basically the same and then I'm adding things that I remember through my childhood, my kids childhood, 
you know, things that were in the house. So, so it is a kit. I thought maybe you built it. No, the, the house I'm putting together now, the miniature house is from scratch. Oh, okay. But back in the 1920s, the house was a kit home you ordered from Sears or Montgomery Wards and it showed up on your piece of land and they put it together. So, okay. so kind of like a modular home type thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. So, and I'll show a visual of this so they can see what we're talking about too. But the house has, you know, usually you, you, the doll houses are from the back or, you know, the front, but yours is all from the top. So you really, that was a learning curve, a top view of the house, which is, yes. it's, it's cool though. It's interesting. It's, I love like when you look at it, you can see the whole thing you know, kind of all laid out. That's so cool. I didn't, I didn't realize what I was doing when I, when I did it that way. It has its pros and cons. I love the fact that I have four walls in every room and, um, you know, it's exact replica of the room. So you're not missing a wall. It's not, you know, opened out, but um, again, it, it takes up quite a bit of horizontal space in a room. So you have to have enough space to work around it. That is true. Or could you, do you glue everything down? No, okay. not everything. Okay. Because I thought like maybe you could glue everything down and hang it on a wall. That might be cool too. But This is, we, we actually did it in two pieces. So the back bedroom and the living room is separate from the front and they do come apart. So if I needed to move it or store it, we'd be able to do it. So I don't know if you know this, but I made a, uh, exact replica of my grandparents kitchen just the kitchen but to do the whole house would even be cooler but maybe someday and so did you use lots of photographs or did it was it all memory most of it's memory um like I said we had I had the floor plan from the original catalog back in the 1920s so was that's it? the way I laid it out and then it was mostly um you know there's like there's charms for my mother's charm bracelet in there as little knickknacks and my grandmother had the old fashioned telephone on the wall, but it wasn't actually a telephone. It was a radio that hung. So I put that in there and, and um, I just, the kitchen is pretty much the countertops or the way they were when we moved out five years ago. And, you know, except for a few minor differences, the rooms are pretty much set up the same. I love it. I mean, who wouldn't want this, right? <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. Their own childhood home. It's so amazing that you have this. And you have a good place for it? Like you have room for your dollhouses and such? I do. I, I have a small third bedroom. It's very small, but it's um, now the craft room. And um, I have it laid out in there. So I have a small desk to work on stuff. And then I can um, put it in the house and see if it fits and work around it and stuff. So it'll be staying in this room. So is that one house that, is that a house that you decorate for? Or does it just stay the way it is? It's yeah, I don't, I am a minimalist in real life. So I don't do a lot of decorating around the holidays. And that I think started when, because I had so much um, experience in retail, we had to decorate for the holidays so early by the time that holiday came, I was kind of exhausted. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so this has been a lot of fun decorating for the holidays. And I didn't think I would, I, I just um, thought that it would be a rig, you know, the house and and I think the first holiday last year was Halloween. And I was like, well, I need some fall leaves and I need some pumpkins and I need this and I need that. And then it's just kind of 
this year I'm like, I need more, I need more. <laughs> so do you, do you buy a lot or do you create most of your miniatures? Uh, both at this point. So I really, I really try to make a lot of the stuff that I have. Um, but there's always stuff that you can't replicate. And there's so many um, funds. There's such fun stuff out there that, um, of course, you have to have it. So, oh, yeah, it can be it can be addicting. So are you an Etsy girl or where do you get your miniatures? No, I I actually only have we're kind of we don't have much around. So I've made a few trips to a local, it's an hour away, but it's local to me and, and um, miniature store. And that's the only one I found in the area. So I really um, like to hold things and look at them and see if they're the correct scale before I, I get them and, and if it's exactly what I want. So uh, I make, yeah, I've made two or three trips there. Oh my God. Our way, I think you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That seems kind of dangerous to me. Well, they're big trips when I go. So, and what um, I know this, it's earth and tree miniatures, right? Yes. Yeah. So, can they're you tell, fantastic. Us, tell us a little bit about their store? Uh, they have everything there. They actually um, sell kits for dollhouses, and then they have everything to put in them. And it takes me, you know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours to get through the store every time. But I found them online last year, again, back in the spring. Um, I think it was probably summer by that time. And uh, they were having a sale because they weren't able to open. So they were having a sale online. And I called and they had all these old uh, house of miniature kits on clearance. And I bought as many of them as I could. And that's how I started, you know, with the kits, learning to make the smaller scale. And from there, then I started making more furniture from scratch and it just snowballed. So, so what's your best miniature tool? I'm, I'm kind of a tool. I love tools. So do you have, one? I love the easy cutter. I have an easy cutter. And, and before that, that was a game changer for me because I have a hard time cutting a straight line with a ruler and a exacto knife so to be able to you know cut cut sticks of wood or popsicle sticks or anything with a straight line and get a 45 degree angle for picture frames that was that was the tool that did it for me so that's the one it's kind of looks almost like um a pliers but it's got the thing where you can put the angles yes right? okay yeah you can yeah. adjust it so you can get all different types of angles with it okay and going back kind of to your other project how your project of your grandparents house how do you ever top that now I mean like it sounds like such an amazing creation what what's in store for you next well I've already been looking at other dollhouse kits I think you know now that I've done this one from scratch I might want to try a kit or room boxes are probably in my future because I don't have a lot of space so again like you said you could hang them on the wall and you could do a whole house in a horizontal line and just, you know, not have it connecting. But so there's there's so many opportunities and different ideas and creativity associated with this, like you said before, so many different mediums and um, supplies that you can use to make stuff. So if you, you know, if you can't knit, you can, you know, make fabric blankets. And if you can't make, you know, 
curtains and you know so it's it's never ending I know and I think it really helps that you were crafty before I'm sure that really helps you I probably should have started with this because it's so exciting but can you talk about the American Miniatures Magazine that's a mouthful (laughs) (laughs) and tell us yeah I was I was really excited I I um again I tried polymer clay and um it wasn't a miserable fail, but it wasn't exactly how I expected it. I could never get the baking right. It was always sticky or, you know, I'm still using some of the stuff that I made, but it it didn't fit what I wanted it to. So I decided to try some different techniques to try make miniature food. And um, one of them was using fun foam, which anybody that has kids, I think knows what that is. It's a it's just a foam sheet and comes in all different colors and you can cut it and bend it and glue it and paint it. And so I started um, thinking of things I could make with that. And I started out with, you know, just basic cake shapes and layering them up and putting frosting between them. And um, and then I did the pancakes and the, the cinnamon buns that are in this month's issue. And I just, you know, that I, I had a subscription to it since last year and I thought, well, I'm just going to send it in and see what happens. That's so cool. So what do I you use, excited. what do you use for the frosting? And if you can't, you know, you're not baking it because you don't want the foam to start on fire. Right. So, um, in the, uh, the cinnamon buns, I used, uh, puffy paint, okay. skirt, like scribbles, fabric paint. So it gives you a little dimension, but you can also, you know, because of the bottles, you can, you have a lot of control over where it goes and stuff like that. So, um, and then on cakes, I use uh, silicone for house Mm -hmm. windows. It's clear, it stays, I mean, it's white, it stays white. It comes in big tubes, so you get tons of it and you can color it with acrylic paint. So it's it's fun that way. so. So do you put the acrylic paint mix it before you put it on okay well that's cool and then how are you piping it on is it like a a little do you a ziplock cut corner cut off or what do you use so right now i'm like um like there's a there's one there okay and i've just used a little tiny spatula and put it on um you can get the frosting tips at the craft store and they have them very tiny, so you can actually, you know, squeeze out a little and, and pipe it around. Um, I'm using paper punches a lot of times to cut out the shapes and just, um, and then I, you know, squeeze a little of the scribbles paints on there to color them in and it looks like frosting on the top. So it's again, it's going back to it's an illusion if you can make it look like Mm-hmm. it's frosting and it you know it it looks that way then there's all kinds of things that you can use that is so cool someday I hope to to be able to take a class or or learn how to use the polymer clay too but for right now this is working pretty well for for the food that I was looking for so yeah so cool and you're so good at using everyday objects that you could find in your house like caps or um, jelly containers things like that and using them in your creations but you wouldn't really even recognize that like oh that's a cap you know it looks like something you you made have you done any recently where you could share 
that you use an ordinary object. Yeah, I've got my, my uh, this is going to be coming up in the Halloween um, pictures of my house, but um, so this is a, a cap from a uh, drink bottle. It's okay. Uh, and then these are just styrofoam balls, little tiny styrofoam balls from the dollar store. The, the shoes are from and the dollar me, store. Let me explain to them what you're showing me. So it's, it's um, a witch's cauldron and her legs are coming up with some, some pretty red shoes on. So yeah, and the, the legs are actually straws from the dollar store. So, um, you know, that was very inexpensive just the paint to do it and again that was paint and I mixed it the green was the bubbles or the the foam was the paint um, and I mixed it with some Mod Podge and as it dried you just shape it into Mod Podge holds it together Mod Podge hold them together it also gives the acrylic paint a, a shiny okay um so it, it it gives it a more finished look you could you could paint it afterwards but it definitely helps hold it together and what was and, what was the cap from you said what kind of drink it's um i don't know my daughter gives them to me they're from is it little bottles of champagne little oh. little alcoholic drinks okay yeah now so, that i see that i don't know maybe it looks better in this yeah. direction and then there's just a um, wooden disc glued onto the bottom to, to help it stand stable. Oh, I see that. Maybe we can get a visual to put that in the show notes so people can there's, see. I, there's one on my Instagram page, so or I can send that to you. That's not, okay. not a problem. Yeah, I just love how you, you oh yes, I see it on your Instagram that I can share that. Um, I just love that you use everyday items. I yeah. mean, you must go in the dollar store and your mind just must go crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I can, I can spend an hour in the dollar store and I have to go up and down every aisle because there's things in every aisle that you can pick for, um, you know, to, to transform into miniatures. So towels, blankets, there's just so much stuff in there. You actually inspired me with your post that you just probably posted an hour ago. Uh, your dresser turned into a garden shed, or uh, not a shed, a garden table. Yeah, a potting bench. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was one of the first things I did. So, was that a Dollar Tree find? The it was. Yes. So I have a Facebook group, and I like to just do random little projects for us. But I thought it would be cool to go to the dollar store and get a bunch of them. Maybe we do a Christmas buffet or something with a piece of furniture from the dollhouse or the dollar oh, that store. That would be fun. That yeah. would be fun. Yeah. So you inspired me for sure. Awesome. Glad to hear that. So anything else you'd love to share about your creations? Again, they're beautiful. I think for you only doing this, what, a year? Wow. You made a lot of progress for sure. Thank you. How, how many hours a week do you think you work on miniatures or get the chance to? I not yeah you know it comes in spurts if I get a couple hours on the weekend that's great if I get 15 minutes to put a coat of paint and as everybody knows the hardest part about doing miniatures is waiting for them to dry mm -hmm. I have the hardest time with that because you have to paint them you have to glue them you have to let them dry you have to paint them you have to let them dry and I don't know how many times when I started I was too much in a hurry and I would touch them and they would fall apart 
So it's, maybe someone you know, has, has to invent a, um, a glue or a paint that dries in like two minutes. That's I mean, it. It's hard to paint with, but it'd be nice for when you're done to dry it. Yeah. So every, I, I just consider every, everything I've done a learning experience, whether it comes out right or it comes out wrong, I'm, I'm learning something. So it's, it's always interesting and I want to keep learning techniques and, and even get into the fine, fine art of miniatures is, you know. And where do you go for your inspiration or your technique learning? Just oh my gosh, the, the community on Instagram is great. I found that early on and, and um, everybody on Instagram in the miniature community is show, willing to share ideas and thoughts and how they did this and what they did with that. And, you know, and, and then if I have an idea for a piece of furniture and, and it's not there, I look at, you know, I've done online, I've gone to look online for, there's a wash stand in my, in my grandparents' house that was actually in my mother's house. And I went online to find pictures of the one that was similar. And then I just figured out how to make it from cardboard and mat board and, and wood dowels. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's keeping your mind busy when, when mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, when there's so much going on in the world. So. Yes, one can get lost. I often call it, um, you know, just therapy, <laughs> doing my miniatures, get lost up, lost in time. And for sure. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Well, thank you for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it and getting to know you. And I think, again, you're very fortunate that you get to be so close to a, a, a shop, a miniature shop. Maybe that's, I should be glad I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love following you on Instagram and just seeing all the things that you find, you know, at the dollar store that you create into such great miniatures. So thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. This has been fun. And I'm sure you're an inspiration for a lot of other people. So keep it up. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you and enjoy that weather in Maine before it gets too cold. All right. Thanks. You have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.